0: Gwen. Gwen, come in. Are you... Yeah. Gwen? Yeah? Did you just call me Auntie?
1: What? No.
0: Did I wake you? I'm sorry I'm late. Things got away from me. Or I, I guess things found me.
1: Ugh. Hold that thought. Give me a minute. I'm gonna splash some water on my face. I can sleep whenever. I didn't actually mean to nap. It just happened.
0: Does this happen often? You just falling asleep in the middle of the day?
1: Technically, there's no day here. And no, it's not. The wind was really soothing, okay? And I guess, well, there's so much work to do, and it never gets dark, so I just keep going. Gwen. I know.
0: This is why- I
1: know, okay? This is why the schedule exists. I'll try to go to sleep at a more reasonable hour in the future.
0: Oh, well. Good. Do you want to sleep now, or-
1: I told you. I'm fine. Oof temperature here stays pretty consistent, but man, does it get a little brisk. The wind always comes from the same direction, west to east, air forced from the star-facing side to the dark side, and hitting everything in between. Like me. And boots. It keeps getting blown into trees. Oh, hush. You know you do.
0: The wind is strong enough to blow your robot into trees? That's troubling.
1: I think it's just messing with his internal systems. I'm gonna have to look into building him some sort of... robot jacket. At least we don't get storms here. Or much rain. Have you heard anything else from Mikhail?
0: Nothing besides those initial pings. He used the emergency beacon to spell out I-M-O-K in Morse code. (laughs) The nerd... I don't know if it's my equipment messing up or his. As soon as I get in contact with him, I'll let you know.
1: Is there anything you can do?
0: I'm working on the equipment right now, trying to see if I can strengthen the signal to reach him. I want to know more than I'm okay too, Hartley. Thanks. So, no storms at all?
1: Well, there has to be some sort of precipitation. The forests around here are entirely too coniferous for a desert climate, and according to the barometer, we're hovering around 80% humidity. And there's swamps. Swamps mean rain. Oh, and I've been doing vine experimentation.
0: Vine experimentation?
1: Yep, eating vines. How's that? Well, so far my GI tract seems to be holding steady. After six months of space rations, well, Let's say I could probably chug river water and be fine. Actually, a couple of the nearby streams seem to be cleaner than my rationed water, but I'm still purifying it because I'm not a complete idiot. The important thing is the vines are filling. I'm sure there's plenty of ways we could dress them up. I mean wheat doesn't look like much, but someone figured out you could make pizza out of it. Maybe this stringy root is the next pizza. And. That's good, about Mikhail. I've been trying not to freak out, but...
0: I should have mentioned him right when I got on, I'm sorry. It's been a hectic night.
1: Yeah, what's happening?
0: Nothing worth getting into.
1: Seriously, what else are we going to talk about? Go ahead, I'm listening. You can vent. You sounded annoyed when you signed on. Also, I didn't call you Auntie. It's possible I called you Anna? That's my sister's name. She used to wake me up if I slept in past whatever ungodly hour she decided to get up that day. We used to go running sometimes. Well, (laughs) she went running, and I went sort of stumbling until she left me behind.
0: Sounds like you miss her.
1: Of course I miss her. I miss my whole family. But I'm never going to see them again, so... (sighs) Can we just talk about something else? Tell me about your hectic night.
0: So I've been getting to know this guy, Sundeep, in the ATC pod next to mine, and he has this ex. Absolute nightmare of a man. He sends him these drunk, threatening messages at midnight, and by morning it's all heart emojis and I'm sorry, baby.
1: He's his ex?
0: Yeah, apparently he's the last to know. Euphoria Station isn't the sort of place you migrate to if you have anywhere else to go. Sandeep's smart, handsome, well-read. I just knew there must have been some history he was running from. And last night, that history punched me in the mouth.
1: Wait, what?
0: I literally just got a talking to from Amelia about it. She manages the station. Believe me, you don't know awkwardness until you've been served an official reprimand by a kid ten years younger than you, who almost certainly got her job through nepotism. At least the guy won't be pressing charges.
1: I feel like I'm missing some context. Who won't be pressing charges?
0: Sundeep's ex. I believe his name is Williams.
1: Didn't he hit you?
0: Yes. And then I hit him back. And elbowed him in the nose. And kicked him in the ball sack.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, Pell! Are you making this up? I wish. Wow. I had no idea...
0: Are are you alright?
1: Yeah, fine. (sighs) I'm doing some work on the leg, and I tightened a bolt weird. Which is a very strange feeling, let me tell ya. Anyway, I had no idea you were a badass. Well... So that's why you were late? You were... fighting?
0: Yes. Though that wasn't all of it. I had to track down a power drill before that.
1: For what? Ouch! Ugh! Sundeep's ex's ball sack?
0: No. But I should keep it handy. Are-, are you sure you're okay?
1: I'm fine. What were you saying?
0: Some thieves have been breaking into Demoline's cabin over the past few weeks.
1: Demoline? Uh, your custodian scholar?
0: Yes. Someone's been picking her lock and making off with books. Which books? I didn't ask. You should. Why?
1: I don't know. It just seems like an obvious first question if I was a book detective. So you needed a power drill? Why?
0: I put in a motion sensor at her door. If anyone crosses the threshold while she's at work, I'll get an alert at my station. (laughs)
1: Looks like you're everyone's minder.
0: I tend to get that reputation. At least most of them are easier to manage than you are. Wow. It's true.
1: Well, I should probably sleep some more. Uh, Do you... Do you want to stay for our bedtime story again?
0: Sure. I'll ice my face and mess with the beacon. It's possible Mikhail's tried to contact me again and the storm is interfering.
1: Great. I... I don't know where I heard the story originally. Probably from my Beta because she was completely deranged. I guess that's a bedtime story for another night. Shit my grandma does. Anyway... Once upon a time... I don't know if you start myths that way, but I'm about to. Anyway, once upon a time, there was a planet where the land and sky lived together. They were in love, I guess. The land had a number of children, don't ask me how, it's a myth. She had children, and they all loved her, but none more than her youngest son, Leopa. I'm not actually sure what the children looked like, some kind of unholy combination of earth and sky, but I'll just imagine Leopa looking like a person, because humans always make their gods look like them. Right, okay, well, Leopa was incredibly jealous of his mother interacting with anyone other than him. I think in some versions of the story, he was also her lover in addition to being her son. Actually, it might be most of the versions, but not the version that my grandma told me when I was seven, which I don't exactly blame her for. But Leopa was just mad all the time at all of his siblings, and instead of taking his beef to them specifically, he went to the land herself and demanded that she run away with him. I'm not... (laughs) Not really sure where he expected them to go, since the fact that she was the land meant that she was pretty much everywhere, all the time. But he told her that all of her children were always making demands of her, and that if she came with him, she could be free of them. The land reminded him that he was one of her children, and that he was currently making demands of her too. I'm not sure what she thought she'd achieve by getting one over on him logically, but it didn't go the way she hoped. Unless she hoped he would fly into a rage and stab her in the stomach, which is what he did. When he slashed her belly, all of the children she had not yet given birth to fell out of her. And since they weren't done cooking yet, or incubating? Gestating? But the creatures that fell out of her were not the same as Leoba and her other children. They weren't gods. They were humans. So, that's where we all came from out-of-the-land stomach, a bunch of half-grown god-fetuses flopping around in the dirt, cut out of a goddess's stomach by her shitty lover-slash-son guy. I'm not sure what happens after that. If she dies, or if she left with Leopa, or whether that's why the land and sky got separated again. I think there's a second part about... about fog? Or something like that. I guess it's possible my grandma just made it up, but it's kind of a weird thing for a grandma to do. Make up a creation myth. So, I guess stay tuned for the next exciting episode. Belle? You still there?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, the bedtime story almost worked on me.
1: How's your face? All right. Is it your bedtime, too? Hmm.
0: Maybe. I'm supposed to go have a drink with Sandeep as an apology for, you know, hitting his boyfriend, but I'm not sure if I should. I've never taken this particular painkiller before, and I don't know how it would mix with alcohol.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a really good way to die.
0: It's all about proportions and active ingredients. It's just chemistry.
1: If you say so. Substances tend to mess with my prosthesis. Something about the neural mapping. I've never been into drugs much. Really? I think you might be trying to insult me, but I'm fine with my life choices.
0: Which is why you volunteered to go die alone on a distant rock? Sorry, that came out badly.
1: It's fine. You aren't yourself. Although it's possible Soberbell would say the same thing.
0: Soberbell has a bit more tact...
1: Maybe you should cancel on your friend, just to save them from the dangers of Stoned Bell.
0: Stoned Bell can handle themselves. I'll just, (laughs) holy shit! wait, hold on. Mikhail? Mikhail, is that you? Yes, yes,
2: it's me. Oh, I thought I must not be coming through. I thought I was never gonna hear a human voice again.
0: God, oh, I'm so glad you're, (sighs) (sighs) I'm glad you're okay.
2: I've been trying to get back online for uh, 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 a week and a half. (laughs) I can't tell anymore.
0: Two weeks and two days, but who's counting? Besides me, obviously. And the station manager who hates my guts and would definitely find a way to blame me for you going dark. How was the storm?
2: Bell, you can't even imagine it. I wish I'd had some sort of video equipment. I barely had enough viable tech left to jigger this together. Using words to describe it wouldn't even do it justice. I told you what the clouds looked like while it was brewing, like mold growing in a culture, a solid roof. And even back when I thought I would be safe inside the shuttle, anchored and waterproofed, it was like I could feel the storm in here. Oh, you can't see me, but I'm touching my chest. It felt malevolent. A monster storm.
0: You said you thought your shuttle would keep you safe? Yeah. Did it not?
2: It's gone, Bell. Bell. Everything is gone.
0: How... uh, How are you still alive?
2: That's... uh, uh, That's part of the reason I've been... uh, You've been listening to all my logs, right?
0: Uh... Give me a refresher. Of all of them? No, just the relevant ones.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, the ocean here is incredibly buoyant, but it isn't salty. At least... Not with, well, salt, sodium chloride. It's got something in it, though. It's not a freshwater sea. I've taken readings of the compound, and, and so far it can't be identified, which is incredible in and of itself, even if it wasn't for... But you know what? This isn't actually relevant. Just fascinating. Anyway, what is relevant is, on one of my first days here, I left my ring out on a rock. I removed it to take some readings by the tide pool. When I realized I wasn't wearing it and went back outside to look, it was gone. It wasn't valuable, but I'd had it for years. I bought it my first year of scouts. I think Gwen has one too, but it was gone and in its place was another ring. It was made out of some sort of semi-precious stone, green and blue, probably close to jade or malachite. The ring was shaped and smooth, so it wasn't just a rock with a natural hole. And even if it was, what were the odds that it would be sitting in the exact same place my own ring had been? No, something had put it there. I was absolutely sure. I put the ring on because, what else was I supposed to do with it? It fit perfectly.
0: You didn't tell me any of that. I don't think it was in any of the logs.
2: No, it wasn't. I was waiting to see if anything came of it.
0: I assume it did?
2: I started doing experiments. I left stuff out on the rocks. Little silly things I didn't need. Bits of rations, a broken spade, an extra pair of glasses with an outdated prescription. They all disappeared. And none of them were ever replaced with jade reproductions, but but I did receive several beautiful shells, more shiny stones, and a scale. I didn't know that's what it was at first. I thought it was another stone. But when I got it under a microscope, it was obvious. Some sort of reptile scale. The closest match I could find was in the crocodile family. I kept all of the gifts on my bedside table.
0: Wait, you were exchanging gifts with a moon phantom? None of this even makes sense. I I don't know, Mikhail, this really sounds like...
2: Yeah, yes, after that point, I really couldn't come up with any explanation other than the presence of intelligent life. Fauna could steal my stuff, but they couldn't leave me things. I mean... Well, I I suppose they could. Cats bring their owners dead squirrels. But but these gifts... I, I, I don't know, they felt... Personal. Like whatever was leaving them knew something about me. Like it was taking my preferences into account. It knew I liked rings. The obvious next step was to leave a field camera behind and figure out exactly what was happening. I didn't do it as fast as I should have. The part of me that's a scientist wanted to know what was happening, of course. But the other part.
0: The dramatic part? <laughs>
2: I guess that's accurate. I liked the cultural exchange of it all. It was a little sparkle of unknown in what had otherwise become a very routine existence. But I set up the camera all the same because, of course, I did. I waited. And Bell. Bell. Bell, I know you probably aren't going to believe me. I barely believe me at this point, and I've even... (laughs) Imagine an Australopithecus, a proto-human, somewhere along the evolutionary ladder. Now, imagine that creature evolved from a fish instead of an ape and then imagine that creature evolving into a homo sapien, or an Antigonia sapien, a thinking fish. Webbed hands and feet, a tail, scales, and a face. And not a fish face! Well, kind of a fish face. Fish lips, fins along its neck and its back. But it isn't a fish, Belle, it's a person. They are a person. They picked up the beaded necklace I'd made over the last few days and replaced it with a handful of well-polished stones. Kale,
0: wait. Slow down. Are you... Are you trying to tell me that you've discovered alien life on your moon? Yes. This isn't... Are you... If you weren't you, if you were Pre or Gwen, I would think you were screwing with me. And... And this has been happening? Not not just since the storm? You've been keeping this for me for months? I've had suspicions for a while now,
2: but yes! I know, I know it's impossible, or at the least, highly improbable, but please believe me, I wouldn't lie to you!
0: You've been lying to me for a while now.
2: We're not lying, exactly. There's no rule that compels us to report our findings to our minders, Bell. You're just here for my mental health.
0: Right. Okay. But this is definitely the sort of thing that falls under information I need in order to do my job, Mikhail. I I don't... Just... Just keep going.
2: Anyway, when I got my first glimpse of them, the video quality wasn't very good. The humidity really wreaks havoc on the lens, but I zoomed in far enough to see that they were wearing my ring. I had plans to start trying to interact with them, but if I was anywhere near the spot, they wouldn't emerge. Now I think they were scared of frightening me off the same way that I was with them. But then there was the storm. I honestly don't know how to describe it to you. As bad as you're imagining, it was worse. There isn't a word in any human language that could explain what it was like. I have never felt anything that powerful, that all-consuming and unconcerned with whether I lived or died, and I've spent months in a hard vacuum. My shelter was destroyed within the first hour, or I left it within the first hour. It was going to collapse, and I didn't want to be inside it when it did. I know the best way to survive a hurricane is to just not be there when it hits, and barring that, get to higher ground. I didn't really have either option. I went as far inland as I could, but on an archipelago that isn't very far. There's hardly anywhere that isn't in sight of the coastline. I remember it was hard to think with the storm bearing down on me, but somehow it was also incredibly easy. I didn't have to worry about taking readings or preparing my next meal or sending reports. It was... God, it felt amazing... I'm sure there's something in psychology that could explain the euphoria that came over me in that wind and rain, but I've never experienced anything like it. All I had to do was survive. That was my one task. Of course, I was pretty sure I would fail in that one directive, but it didn't feel that important. When the storm surge caught me, I didn't resist. I'd heard that drowning was an incredibly painful way to die, but I wasn't scared. At the most, I was... God, I was embarrassed. (laughs) My first big challenge as a scout, and (laughs) i kick it.
0: But you aren't dead.
2: No, I'm not. They saved me. The creature I've been trading gifts with. They're called... uh, Well... I can't tell you their actual names, since their language is mostly silent, and the bits that aren't, I definitely can't pronounce. But they saved my life, and they brought me to their city. Mikhail. Listen, I know. I know it sounds like I'm insane, okay? I know I sound crazy. I just... I need you to listen, okay? I'll go get... Hold on. Drift! Drift, come back inside! I, I want you to meet somebody! And then... Bell, I'm going to ask you to do us a favor. A favor? Yeah. I need you to kill me.
0: excuse me?
2: You have to tell the scouting office that I'm dead, and that this moon isn't safe for human habitation. It's not even a lie. No colonist is going to put up with storms this intense, unless they're frogs.
0: Actually, I wouldn't mind, Frogs. Stop stop talking about frogs. What are you saying to me?
2: I'm saying that the scouting office can't know about Drift or the Lorelei. Any human interference would be catastrophic to their environment.
0: The... the Lorelei? Isn't a Lorelei a... sex goddess?
2: She was a maiden who turned into a river siren, but that's not important. What I need you to do is simple. Just tell them I'm dead.
0: That... you did... Mikhail, do you have any idea what... I
2: didn't say it would be easy. I said it would be simple.
0: What... what if we just... what if I told them the situation? You aren't dead, you aren't in any danger, but... The endemic population isn't one that could support any other colonist life.
2: (laughs) Do you really think that that would stop them? No. Then you understand.
0: Mikhail, if you do this, you'll never see another human being again.
2: I know that. Believe me, I've thought all the way through this. I haven't had anything else to do while I waited to get back online i thought about my mother and father getting the news. I've thought it through. All of it.
0: How does your... How does Drift feel about this?
2: It was their idea. Well, sort of. They don't understand precisely what I mean when I try to tell them. They don't have words for aliens or invaders or really even for stranger. But they do understand a threat. And I trust them.
0: Okay... I I guess this is your call, so I, I have Gwen on the other line. I need to let her know that you're alive.
2: For now.
0: Yeah. We'll talk logistics when I get back, just don't do anything else while I'm gone. When? There
1: you are. Is everything okay?
0: Hi. I-, I mean, yes, everything's fun. I mean, fine.
1: Okay. <laughs> anyway, I've been thinking about Pre. Oh? So at this point, she's had the resting tremor for about a week, right? And she's reported having trouble focusing. The focus is... I'm not actually sure if that's medical. Well... Yes, it's medical, but it might not be an effect of the toxin. Could just be, you know, stress.
0: yeah
1: So I was thinking, helping with the tremor might help with the focus. Right now, basic tasks are just unreasonably hard. Not to mention the fine motor skills necessary to take accurate readings. I know continuing her research is important to her. None of the bots are designed for precision, They aren't surgery bots, but we can probably jigger something together, right? Bell?
0: Huh? Yeah, I'm sure we can. Bell? Yes? Are you okay? Yes.
1: Okay. Something is going on.
0: Nope. Nothing. Nothing's going on. Hmm. Don't worry about it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the nothing that is going on.
0: Yes, don't worry about that.
1: Belle, you are being very weird. When you're being this weird, you usually want to talk about it.
0: That's not true.
1: Yes, it is. No? Okay, we could do a big dramatic back and forth where I attempt to convince you that you can trust me and you don't need to carry this alone. Or we could just skip all of that and you could just tell me... And since I've got readings to take, I would really appreciate the choice that takes less time and emotional energy.
0: You're being annoying.
1: No, I'm being great. Tell me what's
0: wrong. (sighs) You're right. Something is wrong. Okay. And... I wanted to get your opinion. You know, since I trust you. Oh. Thanks. I just heard from Mikhail.
1: Oh, he got through to you. Terrific. Is he- He's
0: fine. Or, well, that's the thing. He's not fine. He can't be.
1: Wait, what? I'm once again missing some context.
0: Mikhail almost drowned in the storm, but instead he was saved by the alien life form that he'd been exchanging gifts with for the last few months. A sort of amphibious fish creature.
1: If you don't want to tell me what's actually going on...
0: I'm serious. I can play you the logs. Currently, I am poised to report to my station manager, which, if you remember, I absolutely hate doing. I'm going to tell Amelia that Mikhail Reza's life signs went offline three days ago, as a result of a freak storm. Luna 1045 A Delta is declared unsuitable to sustain human life.
1: But... that's not true? The moon is fine... Well, I'm um, probably not fine. They obviously can't support a human civilization with storms that severe. Not without a substantial overhaul of the current environmental...
0: conditions. I'll purge his audio logs from the last week. And then I'll purge the backups. And the backups of the backups.
1: What about this conversation we're having right now? Isn't that evidence?
0: I'm going to destroy the files when we're finished.
1: Do I get any say in this?
0: No, because it's... Mikhail's call, not mine.
1: But he can't do this without you. If you wanted to report him, you could. I won't. Who are you? What do you mean? It would be asinine at this point to mention that you're the one who's always concerned about following rules. This isn't just fudging some schematics or changing around a schedule. This is... (laughs) This might possibly be treason? You could go to prison for this, Val. You and Mikhail both could. And now me too, I guess. So thanks for that.
0: I told you, I'm erasing the logs. And even if I didn't, they would never send agents to a first settlement planet just to arrest you. It wouldn't be cost effective. Besides, would you rather I'd let you believe he was dead? No. Then just trust me. You don't have to do anything. I'll make sure he stays hidden, and no one will know except you and me. What about Pri? I plan to tell her eventually. I don't want to heap any more stress onto her. I've blacklisted Mikhail's name from her official news feeds, too. Everything she learns will go through me.
1: What about... Shit, Belle. What about his family? They can't know. That's... Listen, you're right, but that is incredibly cruel.
0: I know. Mikhail and I talked through it. I tried to dissuade him, but he's... adamant. I'll let you listen to the logs yourself, but he is absolutely convinced that any alteration to the ecosystem of the moon will completely demolish his Lorelei's civilization. Lorelei? Oh, that's... just what he's been calling the species he discovered. It's from myth. I can give you some reading if you like.
1: Sure, that's fine. Just... (sighs) I'm trying to imagine how fiercely I'd have to care about a person in order to throw away my entire life, everything I've worked for, in just a single week.
0: Well, they did save his life. Yeah. And the alternative would lead to the destruction of an entire intelligent species. Would that really be a difficult decision?
1: Not for Mikhail. So you're definitely going through with this?
0: It's official as soon as I pick up my comm and call Amelia. Fuck. I'm sorry to put this on you, Hartley. I know you've got your own set of problems.
1: All of my problems are logistical, Summers. Pri and Mikhail are going through their own personal hells. Don't worry about me.
0: Still, please, sleep.
1: You got it. As soon as we're done here. You promise? <laughs> I promise. Night, Summers. Good night. Boots. New transcript, please. Hey, Anna. Hope everything's going good. Sorry it's been a minute since I've written. And thanks for all the good tips for Pri. She's doing... Well... I don't think all right is the word for it, but she'll be okay. There's more, but I can't talk about it at all. And, okay, I'll probably take that part out before I send this, because there's nothing more annoying than I got a secret and I can't tell you. I would know. You once pinched me so hard for doing that that I had a bruise for two weeks. I need you to do something for me. My Scoutminder. Belle Summers. I was wondering if you could just... look some stuff up for me. Nothing necessarily specific. I just want to know what kind of person they are. It's hard to get a hold on them, you know? I've never even seen their face, and they're... hard to predict. The more I think about it, the more it starts to dawn on me just... How at their mercy I am. That we all are. Not really in any immediate capacity. They don't have any control over my food or shelter or clean drinking water, but everything else. Like, it's completely up to them whether or not this even gets to you. And they could be reading it even if they tell me they won't. I'll password protect the file, of course, but I'm sure they'd have no problem busting through it. They could tell me anything about the outside world, and I would believe it. They could tell the outside world that I'm dead. Anyway, let me know if you find anything. And don't worry about me. Everything is fine. I'm just a little curious. Love you, Annie. End recording.
0: This episode of Second Star to the Left was written by Aisha Farah and directed and edited by Rachel Kellum. Gwendolyn Hartley was played by Ashani Kanatkar. Belle Summers was played by Joran Bass. Mikhail Reza was played by Matthew Zonzinger. Original music was composed and recorded by Adam Rubin and Joran Bass. Second Star to the Left was created by E. Jade Lomax and Aisha Farah.